0: Yo, Beth, Yo Beth. Yo Beth. that shit crazy. On a Monday, it's All leaving it with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud and YouTube, so like, share, and subscribe to that. It's a packed show today, lots to get into. NBA action starts today, playoffs start today. So we're gonna talk about the game that already happened. We're gonna talk about Jazz Nuggets. That was a barn burner. That was a great game, excellent game. We're gonna talk about the other games as well. We're gonna preview those. Talk a little NFL as well. There's a lot of news in the NFL. The Washington football team makes history today. Deshaun Watson might be getting his money early. Alex Smith is officially back. There's some big, sad injury news for the Dallas Cowboys. The Mets soap opera continues. And we have our first candidate for the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's get right into it. The NBA playoffs are finally here. Kickoff today, we had a great first game. We had the Utah Jazz going against the Denver Nuggets. We're going to preview the other games as well. But let's talk about the first game that's on the schedule between the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Denver wins the game 135 to 125. Denver was in control of this game very, very early. They were up big time. The Jazz had no answer for the pick and roll in the first half. They were struggling, but Donovan Mitchell kept them afloat. He had 17 points in the first half. But in the second half, that's when he really started cooking. He started working this team and got them all the way back, and they had a lead. They had a lead, and then they were going back and forth in the fourth quarter. Spider ends up with 57 points, the only Utah Jazz to crack 20-plus. And Jamal Murray, who was the hero for the Nuggets, he stepped up big in the fourth quarter, scored 20-plus points in the fourth quarter and overtime, finished the game with 36 points. This was a great game. It started off slow, thought it was going to be a boring matchup, but man, did it pick up in the second half and we had some exciting basketball. Joker also had a great game. He had 29 points and 10 rebounds, but here's the problem. Here's the issue that I had with that game. It's Donovan Mitchell or nothing. They have no help. They have no one to rely on. If Rudy Gobert is your second best player on your team, you have major issues major issues and this is exactly what happened to them in the second half of that game they had nobody to relieve the pressure off of spider no one it was just him donovan mitchell had a crucial turnover he got an eight second violation in the fourth quarter that really really sparked the comeback for for denver i feel bad for donovan mitchell i honestly do because he's really going to have to be superman in this series for them to have a shot what was really telling to me is how Rudy Gobert looked in the second half of that game. Yeah, he had some, some bright spots, but when he catches the ball it's so robotic, it's not fluent. Unless he's in a prime position to score, it's going to be really hard to get him going. Joe Ingles, he's another one. He's a really decent player. But if he's going to be your second best player as well, you have concerns. They need to blow this team up after this series. It doesn't matter what adjustments Quinn Snyder tries to make in game two or game three or game four. It's not going to matter because they don't have enough firepower. They don't have the pieces to compete with Denver. They really don't. They literally have to play mistake-free basketball for them to have a shot. And if they don't play mistake-free basketball, they're going to get blown out. They're going to lose the game. They're going to lose this series in five. I really think that they're going to lose this series in five. I can't see how Utah wins any more than one game. I just can't see that. I can't see it right now. I hate to say it, man, but Donovan Mitchell's is playing with a bunch of scrubs. He really is. For a guy to score 57 points in a playoff game, one of the youngest to ever do this, and lose, you know for a fact it's going to be a rough series. He must be saying to himself, yo, I just dropped 57 points and we lost by 10. How the hell are we going to win any games? How? I can see the only way they have a chance at winning this series and stealing this series away from Denver is Jamal Murray has to go in the tank. Jamal Murray has to come from scoring 36 points in game one to going and scoring seven in game two and then going back and scoring 12 in game three and then 15 in game four. That's the only way that I can see that Utah might have a shot. But if Jamal Murray can get some consistency that's always been lacking in his game, if he can be consistent in this playoff series, Utah does not have a prayer in the world. They better call in the ghost of Jerry Sloan and call Karl Malone and ask John Stockton for some help because, trust me, it's it's rough for them, man. It's really rough. Besides Donovan Mitchell watching the Utah Jazz play basketball is like watching paint dry. I was literally falling asleep until Donovan Mitchell started cooking. That's what made the game interesting. Other than that, Utah is just, ugh. Quinn Snyder, I feel bad for you, man. I really do. See if you can find a way to get out of there. Or like I said before, convince management to blow the team up. Get rid of Rudy Gobert. Get rid of Rudy Gobert. Maybe do what Houston did. You saw they got rid of Capella and they took off. I'm sure there'll be plenty of sucker GMs out there that will take Gobert off their hands. So they definitely need to look into that. Trade Ingles as well. Send him somewhere for a pack of cigarettes and a gym bag, and a six-pack, and, and, and you got something. It's time for them to build this team around Donovan Mitchell and build it the right way. Don't build it backwards. Turning our attention to the second game on the list would be the Raptors against the Nets. The game is ongoing right now. Raptors up 119-102. to 102. Van Fleet is having a great game. He has 30 points so far. Karis Levert for the Nets is struggling. He has 15 points and 15 assists. Pretty decent line, but... The Nets, they're, they're outclassed. They're outclassed in this series. Toronto's defense is just stifling. They are big. They have rim protection. They have shooters. The more I watch Toronto's, the more I like them. The more I watch them, I believe that they can go ahead and repeat. They do have that look to them. They have a championship confidence about them, and it shows. It shows in their defense. It shows in their coaching. It shows in their schemes. Top to bottom, they are a well-oiled machine. The Nets, as scrappy as they are, man, I love their heart. I love their grit, but they just don't have enough. They don't have enough to compete. But I do still think that they can steal two games in this series. They have good enough shooters where they can be able to stay in games late and possibly pull off a late-game win. This team reminds me of the Clippers from last year so much, is that they have great pieces, it's scoring by committee, and they're going to fight you until the last second. So let's preview the other two games. The next game on the docket is going to be the Boston Celtics going against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Philadelphia 76ers are up against it. They are really up against it. No Ben Simmons. Joel Embiid is going to have to carry the load and be the big man that they need him to be. He cannot be in and out of the lineup he needs to be there he needs to be healthy and he needs to lead this team as best he can all that trash talking that he does it's time to put up and shut up there's no ben simmons to get in your way it's your team now take the game over make sure that you leave your mark on this series because you're gonna have to do that to have a shot because boston boston has it going they have two young studs over there They have a good supporting cast. They have a great defense. They have a great system. They have the better coach. Brad Stevens runs circles around Brett Brown. So the Sixers have a lot of obstacles to overcome to even have a chance in this series. I say it goes six. I think Embiid can average about 33 points a game, 15 rebounds. I think Jason Tatum goes off. I think Jason Tatum averages about 28, 29 points a game. Jalen Brown is going to put in his 22-24 points a game. And that's going to be the difference. The role players obviously are going to have a big, big chance to step up in the series. Tobias Harris needs to bring it. Al Horford needs to bring it. So I'm looking forward to see what, what happens in game one. Really, really looking forward to it. The next game we're going to preview is the Clippers versus the Mavs. This is the series that I picked the Clippers to lose. I think that they're going to lose to the Mavs in six. I just believe that Luka Doncic is that guy i think he's good enough to lead this team past the first round i also think that Porzingis he's gonna step up big in this series because the clippers have no answer for him on the defensive end they have no one to guard him zubat is a decent player he's a decent role guy but he can't guard porzingis montrez harrell is like 6-4 he can't guard porzingis patrick patterson he's not gonna be able to guard porzingis and doc rivers will be on that stuff if he decides to play joakim noah <laughs> even a minute don't even play him Kawhi Leonard and Paul George they're gonna have a big series I'm sure but the big question is who is gonna guard Luka who are they gonna put on Luka maybe they have Paul George guard him for most of the game and then Kawhi kind of pick his spots and guard him sometimes so we'll see what Doc Rivers comes up with defensively but it's really gonna come down to these two coaches like I said before these two coaches are championship coaches they've been here before they know what it takes to win they're gonna figure it out it's gonna be a chess match i can't wait to see what adjustments are made throughout the entirety of the series i just love that stuff i love the x and o's i love what type of small details win you a series so we're gonna see who wins that coaching battle i'm so excited for this series Like I said, I think that this has the chance to be the best series of the first round for so many reasons. You have Luca, who's very exciting. You have Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard. You have Mr. Magic City himself, Lou Williams. You have the biggest cheerleader in the NBA and Patrick Beverly. If they lose, oh my goodness, what I will do? I just want to hear all the pundits. I want to hear all the analysts that picked the Clippers because Honestly, nobody sees Dallas having a chance in this series. Okay, we'll see. I just want Clippers Nation to know that make sure you watch Paul George because if you guys lose, he may want to skip town. So they may have to hold his passport. (laughs) Oh, man. Great stuff. After the break, talk a little football. The Washington football team has done something incredible, miraculous. On a Monday, it's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess, you're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, hell has frozen over. It has frozen over because Dan Snyder and the Washington football team have done something that no other team has ever done in NFL history. They have hired the first black president in their front office. Jason Wright, who played seven NFL seasons, has now become the president. He's going to be handling finances. He's going to be handling marketing. This is phenomenal. Kudos to the Washington football team. Kudos to Dan Snyder. This is monumental. This is a complete game changer for the NFL. This is going to open up so many doors for a lot of people. But what I really want to say about this issue is that, why did it take so long? Why is it that in the NFL, positions of power seem unattainable to African Americans? Why is that? For very long, the notion that a black quarterback can't lead a team was always the thing with certain organizations certain franchises he doesn't have the temperament he doesn't have the IQ to be a quarterback then all of that changed right so why was this something that took so long we're not talking about an athlete that's on the field we're talking about an executive in a position of power when I saw the report man I was so happy I was elated I was excited but at the same time, sadness came over me because all we ever asked for is a chance. All anybody ever asked for is a chance. You know how many great head coaches are out there that feel that they can't get into the NFL because they're not going to have a chance to be a head coach. They're always going to be a coordinator so they don't even waste their time. They stay in college. All we want is a fair shot. If we fail at the job... Judge us on our job performance, not on our skin color. But the problem is, a lot of these old owners don't like to be progressive. They want to keep things the way it is because change is something that they don't want to deal with. Change is something that they can't understand. Change is something that they will never understand. And instead of them grading it on performance, they're concerned about what people will say, what they think their demographic is, which is bullshit. Like, let's keep it 100. The Rooney rule is bullshit. It was designed back in the day to make sure that African-Americans got a shot. That they were given an interview. Because maybe if they were heard, somebody would say, you know what? That guy is actually a smart guy and he knows his football. He knows what he's talking about. We're going to give him the job. Just maybe a slight chance. Why is that still a thing today? Why do teams have to interview an african-american candidate it's all bullshit because at the end of the day we know that they're doing it because they have to not because they want to and what makes this dan snyder move so much greater is that it was a want to nobody forced him to do this there was no pressure for him to do this he saw an intelligent african-american 38 year old guy and said i'm gonna give him a shot that's what we need in this country we need more of that in this country not in just sports but every aspect of life don't shut people down until you hear what they gotta say don't have an opinion about somebody until you sit down and actually have a conversation with that person give them a chance give them a chance to fail don't call them a failure before you give them a chance to fail and when they do fail give them a chance to redeem themselves that's always been the thing with me when it comes to the NFL is that black coaches get hired, they get fired, and they never get another chance to redeem themselves. They have to be relegated to being a coordinator. We got to stop that, man. We have to change. And hopefully this is a spearhead to change. Maybe we're going to see another owner do this. Maybe out of pressure. Maybe out of whatever. But we need change. We need to see women in, in positions of power in sports as well. Everything needs to change. That good old boy shit is over. It really is. We got to grow as a people. We got to grow as a, a, a nation. We got to grow, period. And this is the beginning of growth to me in the NFL. I hope to see many more Jason rights across this nation. Across sports. Baseball. Basketball. More football. Hockey. It doesn't matter. Give guys a chance. Give people a shot. And guess what? They just might surprise you. They just might be so good that you like, why didn't we ever do this before? And look, the fact that you guys allowed Dan Snyder to be the first one to do this, the one that runs the shitty organization, he's the one that does this first. If I wasn't a Cowboys fan, I would turn into a Washington football team fan. I would. I would. Just because of this move. This move right here forgives anything that Dan Snyder has done. No, no, no I'm lying. I'm lying. He's still dumps the fire. But he's working on it. He's working on it. And because we're talking about Washington, let's just keep the positive vibes going in Washington. Alex Smith is back, y'all. Alex Smith is back after 22 months away from football after that devastating, horrendous, horrific injury he had. 17 surgeries in the last 9 months, he was relegated to a wheelchair for 3 months he spent another 8 months in an external fixator, this man has been through hell hell, and he's back and I'm so excited for him, he's a great guy everybody loves Alex Smith, he's one of the nicest guys in football, and I hope that he has a chance to compete for that job, because what a story it would be to be away 2 years and come back and start and actually be productive and lead this team, this is a Hollywood script, straight up. To be told by doctors that you may not ever walk again. And to see him walking out of his house and his family, celebrating with him, it was a tearjerker. I had to check if I had some dust in my eyes, man. It was, it was rough, it was rough. And speaking from experience, you know, I had a devastating injury myself two years ago. I tore my knee up so bad, Doctor said that I may never walk the same again. And I looked at him and I said, all right, I'm going to take you up on that bet. And I rehabbed every day, five days a week for four and a half hours, man. And now I'm back to a point where I could be able to play basketball again. So at a lesser degree, I, I definitely relate to Alex Smith. Put in all that work and you want to see it pay off. All the sleepless nights, the doubt, the anger, the frustration, the motivation, the ambition, the excitement. All of that wrapped in the one. It's been a great journey for me. I'm sure it's a hell of a journey for him. And I hope that he gets a shot to win that job. On to the AFC South. The Houston Texans are thinking about extending their franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson, before the season starts. I think that this is a great thing for both sides. They need to get this done immediately. They saw exactly what happened with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. They don't want this to drag out because if he has a great season that number is going to go up and I'm sure Deshaun Watson is not one of those players that wants to handcuff his franchise but at the same time he wants to have a salary that is competitive and makes him one of the top players in the league I don't know if Houston is willing to go 10 years but I'm sure that they'll go five years at about 198 million to 200 plus so that's that's definitely going to be the asking price I believe I don't think he should go for any lower than that. He's a tremendous talent. Uh, He does have some inconsistencies that he needs to work through, but he's still young. It's definitely a prove-it season for him. The fact that they got rid of his top receiver, one of the top receivers in the NFL, if not the best receiver in the NFL, he has a lot to prove this season. It's going to be more him than any other point in his career that's going to lead this team to where they need to be. The weapons are not bad. They have Brandon Cooks, who if he can stay healthy, he's proven that he can be a go-to receiver. He can go over 1,000 yards. David Johnson is a new addition. If they can get him back to his Arizona form where he was 1,000 yards rushing and close to 1,000 yards receiving, they can definitely be special. But injuries are definitely a concern. All of their big position players have injury history, injury concerns. So if they can be able to stay clean this year, they can be able to make some magic. On to the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys, and they have bad news already. Defensive tackle Gerald McCoy has ruptured his quad, and he's out for the season. Man, oh man. This, this is not a good thing for the Cowboys, but they do have depth. They did sign a lot of guys this offseason, so it's going to be next man up. Next man up. I can hear Stephen A. Smith right now. What can go wrong will go wrong. When you're the Dallas Cowboys. I hope that's not the case. I still have faith. They still have a good defensive front. However, McCoy was going to be a huge piece to that puzzle. So now they're going to have to plug somebody else in there and make it work. So please, Jerry, instead of focusing on fans, get in that war room and get a player. Maybe Jerry can convince Jadavian Clowney to take $6 million. Who knows? Who knows? After the break... We talk about the latest soap opera in Queens as the city turns. What a disaster. On a Monday, it's all even. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire fire all even we here let's go welcome back y'all i remember i used to spend summers in jamaica and you know there was like two stations to watch so we would wake up really early and days of our lives would be on young and the restless and the storylines were popping i'm not gonna lie to you like we were sitting there engaged because all of the turns and the backstabbing and All the drama. Plus it was better than sitting around and not doing anything. And we outgrew those things. We stopped watching it after a while. I bring that up to say I never thought that I'd have to watch it again. I'm watching Days of Our Lives play out with the New York Mets right now. What is going on with this franchise? Why can't they just sell a team just like anybody else can? I don't get it. It was reported by the New York Post that Jeff Wilpon doesn't want to sell the team to Steve Cohen he'd rather sell it to Alice Rodriguez because he hates Steve Cohen what a surprise right I'm sure the feeling is very mutual on Steve Cohen's end he doesn't like you guys either you had an agreement in place where he was gonna buy the team and your daddy told him that Jeffy needs a job so although he agreed to buy the team off of you for 2.6 billion dollars you still want to attach your son to this team you still wanted jeffy to have a salary with the team and steve said okay but then at the last hour you pull some nonsense and he pulled the deal from the table and newsflash guys he still wants the team so the 2.6 billion dollar offer is still there and you refuse to take it so if you don't want to sell the team to steve cohen why hasn't a rod bought the team yet What is holding it up? If you hate Steve Cohen so much because you don't want to give it to him, then give it to A-Rod. It's not that hard. You see, the thing is with the Will Pons is that they need things to be their way. It always has to be their way. They're like an old man that has a house that he's selling, but he's very particular on who he sells it to. So if somebody comes in here and says, yo, I have a million dollars for your home. I'd like to buy it off of you. Because he doesn't quote unquote like that person he's not going to take the million he'll take the 400,000 from somebody else? That doesn't make sense. That's backwards. But why should I be shocked? It's the Wilpons. They do everything backwards. They're idiots. They're big time idiots. And we're idiots because we still support the team. The Wilpons want to call Steve Cohen a bad guy. Isn't the pot calling the kettle black? Aren't these the Ponzi Wilpons? Isn't that the same guys? Here's a big secret. Will Pons, I'm going to let you in on it. New York is a big market team. That means if you sell a big market team under value, you're going to depreciate all the other teams around Major League Baseball as well, dummies. You cannot take less money from A-Rod. It needs to be the same $2.6 billion offer or higher. I've said it time and time again on my show. I don't care if it's a Hamburglar. I don't care who buys this team, I just don't want the Wilpons to have it anymore, they don't deserve to own a franchise anymore, they've had it for 20 plus years, it's over, get rid of it, let it go, stop holding grudges at the last minute, because at the end of the day, we've seen this story play out already, you guys are waffling, you're not sure if you're gonna sell the team, you have animosity towards the buyer, grow up, sell the team, and pack your shit and go, please. I hope to see a new owner by next year. That's my wish. I hope it happens, but with this team, nothing is ever easy. Nothing. Not even selling a team to a guy that's worth $14 billion and he's offering you almost $3 billion for your team. That's still not enough. No, 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 no. So A-Rod, I'm glad that they like you. I'm glad that they're playing nice with you. Buy the team. Buy the team quickly before they change their minds. Please. Coming up, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. On a Monday, it's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. (laughs) Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of Real Panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of in the dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. We yeah. pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. We have our first contestant for this week. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred. They are becoming a staple for being a Dummy. because yeah. for the life of me, I can't understand how they continue to make stupid mistakes. Oliver Perez, the reliever for the Cleveland Indians, threatened to cancel his season and not play anymore due to the protocol violations from his teammates, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesac. They broke team protocol and put everybody in jeopardy. And what did Rob Manfred do? Nothing. They did absolutely nothing. You're supposed to suspend people or trying to police them and you're not doing your job. What is the sense of having protocols if all of your players continue to break them and you don't have a backbone to enforce it? They know you don't have a backbone. That's why they keep doing it. So you're losing the respect of your players daily for players that want to play, and they see what type of clown show you're running. My God, man, just get it together. How many times must you be a candidate for Dummy of the Week? You must be tired of this. Rob Manfred must be one of those people to loan a friend money and never get that money back. And the friend says, oh, no, don't worry about it. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. Remember the last five times that I, I owe you? I'm definitely going to pay you. Okay, I'm going to keep giving you money. That's Rob Manfred there's no respect there because he's a pushover rob manfred must have been that kid in high school that had the girlfriend that was talking to the high school quarterback and just said oh, they're friends nothing's going on don't worry about it he's that guy what more has to happen for you to get it for you to understand what you need to do to run your league properly the only thing left to do is to have major league baseball canceled and the owners kick him square in the ass and out the door So Rob Manfred, if you lost that girl in high school to the quarterback, just know that you may be a winner for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys Friday. I'm sure more dummies will come in during the week. There's a lot of basketball to watch. Stay safe. Peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud and check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy.